0: Have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would uh, anoint me, anoint our ears, anoint our minds. Help us to hear what the Spirit would say to the church tonight. Cause your word to find good ground. Help your people to grow. Glorify yourself, heavenly father. Glorify the name of Jesus. Help us experience you in your fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Tonight's lesson, uh, the title of it is Developing Faith for the Inheritance. Developing Faith for the Inheritance or for your inheritance. You know, we really need to start making the Word of God and the covenant that we have with God a personal thing. We need to Remember that the promises in the Word of God are are yes and amen in Christ, and they're for us. Pastor Angela, Sunday, she made a statement while she was up here, and she said that uh, sickness is not part of our inheritance. And that stuck in my spirit when she said that. It just stuck in my spirit. Um, the body of Christ, for the most part, we live far beneath our godly privileges. We don't, um, we don't receive the way we should. There's many different reasons why, but... One of the major reasons is we just don't know what belongs to us. Poverty doesn't belong to us. Sickness doesn't belong to us. Lack, that doesn't belong to us. You know, lack is uh, never having enough. I've been there just barely getting by. That's not God's best. God wants his people to be blessed abundantly in every area. Confusion. That's not God's best. Depression. Spiritual ignorance, which is a lack of godly wisdom. These are things that have crippled the body of Christ. But I believe what God is getting ready to do in these days, he's getting ready to uh, raise up a people who know their rights in the spirit realm, who know what belongs to them, who have allowed the spirit of God to reveal to them their true freedom, and who are willing to do whatever it takes to walk in victory. I really believe that's... That's what God is is, is empowering his people to do. And that's what this study is going to be about tonight. We're going to, by the grace of God, we're going to see some things that are going to open our eyes and cause us to walk out of the prison house of bondage and depression, sickness, fear, and spiritual death. And we're going to receive that which God died for. That Jesus died for. We're going to begin in the book of Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Verse 14. Paul is getting ready to recount his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. And it says here in verse 14, and when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But arise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Somebody say, This purpose. See, understanding God's purpose is essential to bold, aggressive faith. It's essential. When we understand the purposes of God and the things that He wants us to uh, achieve and receive, then we can have strong faith to aggressively pursue those things, okay? And this is what Jesus is telling Paul here. He says, but, verse 16 again, But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things which in which I have will appear unto thee, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles, Unto whom now I send thee. You know, Paul was called to minister to the Gentiles. That was was his main ministry to the Gentiles. It says here in verse 18, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan under God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Notice what he says here, Jesus says here. He says that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance. You know, most of the time we're quick to believe that God has forgiven us. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we believe that our sins have been forgiven. And we'll receive that by faith. But when it comes to the inheritance, because Jesus says uh, salvation is is twofold. It's forgiveness of sins and a receiving of an inheritance. In order for a person to receive or walk in the fullness of that inheritance, you have to know what's yours and be bulldog in your determination to receive it. I'm going to say that again. You have to know what is yours and be bulldog in your determination to receive it. In other words, when it doesn't seem like after you prayed that that the manifestation of the thing you prayed for is coming to pass, you can't just give up and quit. You have to be bulldog in your determination. You must refuse to be refused. That's a term I like to use a lot. You gotta be you gotta refuse to be refused. God is looking for a people who will refuse to quit, who will refuse to give up until they have received the fullness of that thing they prayed for. Too much of the time we quit. When right, right around the corner is victory. Amen. We receive forgiveness of sins and not the inheritance. Now, what I want to focus on right now is the inheritance. What is the inheritance? What is the inheritance? The word inheritance translated means a portion or a part or a share. That's what inheritance means. It means a portion, a part, or a share of a thing. Where the believer is concerned, inheritance means a person. It means Jesus. Let's go to Psalms chapter 16. Psalms chapter 16. Let's look at verse 5. David writes, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. So for the believer, that inheritance that Jesus is talking about is him. He is our inheritance. He is our portion. Jesus is our our inheritance. Now, we can religiousize that. And say, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus is my inheritance. But we can also reject the fullness of this revelation. What does the inheritance, what is it supposed to look like in your life? What is Jesus supposed to look like in your life? Well, let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Because I don't know about you, but I I want to receive that which he died for me me to receive. I want to walk in that which he died that I receive. I want to experience Jesus. I can have and you can have as much of Jesus as you want. But it's up to you. John 17. Verse 20. Now this is Jesus talking about, well, he's uh doing the high priestly prayer right here. It says in verse 20, he's talking to the Father, Neither pray for I, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So he's saying that. I'm not just praying for the disciples that are living right now, but I'm praying for the disciples who are going to live on, who are going to be born again later on. A lot of people believe that um, a lot of the power and anointing that was manifested in the early church was just meant for them. But Jesus is about to say "That's that's not how it is. The anointing and power was meant for those who would come after them, who would come after Peter and Paul and Mark. He says here in verse 21, he's talking to the father, that they all may be one, as thou father art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. That they may be one in us. Now, what he's praying there, he's talking about the inheritance right there. He's talking about total intimacy with the deity, total intimacy with the Father. Notice the words that he uses. Father, verse 21 again, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So that's talking about, again, total intimacy with God. You knowing God, you understanding God, you experiencing the depths of God. That's God's best. That's part of the inheritance. You, when you pray, believe in that you receive when you pray because of confidence, the confidence that you have in the covenant. Verse 22 And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now, what that's saying is God by his Spirit has perfected his children. That's what that's saying. God, by his spirit, has perfected his children. You may not feel perfect. You may not in your own mind think you're perfect, but in the mind of God, God has perfected you by his spirit. Now, why did God do that? He did it because he wanted to. Simply because he wanted to. Simply because he loved you. How many of y'all know God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it? And that's why he did it. He has given us this oneness with him simply because that's what he wanted to do. Now, love was the motivating factor, but if God wants, to, wants me to experience him in this way, I'm not going to reject it. I'm going to receive that. I'm going to walk in that. I want the fullness of that. And it's mine if I can receive it by faith. Again, Jesus praying in verse 22, And the glory which thou gave is me, I have given them. That glory that Jesus experienced in eternity past. That glory of being able to ask the father for anything and the father's glory is to give it to him. That's that same glory that we share. That's that same inheritance that we share with Jesus. It's ours. The ability to pray and believe that God hears us when we pray. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know then that we have the petitions that we desired of him. That's our inheritance, that we have audience with the Holy One of Israel. We have audience with the Father at any time, in any season. Why? Because of the inheritance, because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 12. Paul writes, Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Notice what Paul says he says that we would be able to be partakers of the inheritance. Again, God wants us to be partakers of this inheritance. He wants us to experience royal privileges, to exercise royal authority over the beggarly elements of this world. God wants us to walk in the dominion that Jesus himself walked in in the the earth. He wants us to experience what it's like. To walk in dominion, but there's one major condition to this: we must give Jesus all the glory. We must give Jesus all the glory. Let's look at uh, chapter verse 17, and He is before all things. And by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, talking about Jesus. He is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So you see there? All this authority and all this inheritance, it comes to us simply because of Jesus. Without him... There is no access to this inheritance. That's why the Bible says he he has to have the preeminence. We have to always put him first. That's why when we pray, we have to pray in his name. We have to pray in Jesus' name before we receive anything. But, and if we meet those conditions, God's not holding anything back from us. The inheritance is ours. All the things that you that you are uh, seeing the, in the word of God, where it talks about prosperity, where it talks about healing, where it talks about, you know, having a, a, a spiritual relationship. We've got all those things belong to you and I. But we have to understand we have to receive these things by faith. We have to become students of the covenant. We have to become students of the word of God. It has to be something that's first place in our lives. In order for the word of God or this inheritance to become real to you, your mind has to be renewed to it. You have to be able to believe it far and above your circumstances, your natural circumstances. Because your natural circumstances are going to yell at you that you'll never get it. Your natural circumstances are going to speak defeat and worry and the curse to you. But you have to be knowledgeable enough in the truth to know what's yours. And to resist the temptation to doubt when the pressure's on. The power of God is available to the church. He who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's just not words in a book. That's our covenant with our God. Jesus died so that we could walk in a victory that supersedes this natural mind. When I quote, no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper, I got to know that that's my right. I got to know that God has covenanted with me through Jesus to turn me into another person. I got to know that God has through Jesus Christ caused me to be a new sharp threshing instrument in the spirit world. And that no devil in hell can come against me. Why? Not because of me, but because of the blood. Because of this inheritance. Too much of the time again, we we fall for the trick of the enemy. We allow our circumstances to dominate us. Simply because we keep our eyes on our circumstance. We We have to understand that the word of God is greater than any of your circumstances. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what's your biggest challenge. But I do know that your answer is in this word. I do know that if you get with God, and if you allow the word of God to become bigger on the inside of you than what's on the outside of you, you will have total, complete victory in Christ Jesus every single time. Because this inheritance is infallible. Because the word is infallible. Let's go to John chapter 10. Let's look at verse 34. Y'all got to excuse me. I got to get used to holding the microphone. I'm just just not used to (laughs) preaching with this. Verse 34. Jesus answered them. Is it not written in your law? I have said you are God's. Now, he was... Answering the, the Pharisees and the doubters and all those who walked after the, tra- the tradition of men. Those who did not understand what he was about to do on Calvary's cross was, called, was to cause a new creation to be uh, born into the world. They didn't understand this type of talk. They didn't understand authority. They didn't understand what Jesus was about to do. And they were questioning his authority. What he's saying here is, it not written in your law, I said you are gods. If he called them gods under whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. What he's saying is this. That once you are born again, and the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, you are gods. Not the God, but you are gods. Now, a lot of people get offended at that. You know why? Because they don't know the truth. See, it's the truth that makes you free. You are children of the living God. So much of the time, what we do is we look at our natural selves and we discount what God has done through Christ Jesus in us. This person that you've been made into is a dominator. God has placed on the inside of you the powers of the universe, all the powers of the universe. He's placed on the inside of you himself. And therefore, nothing is impossible to you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. The works that I do, shall you do also, he said. And greater works shall you do because I go unto the Father. So what he's saying here is that you have dominion in the earth. The same type of dominion your heavenly Father executed On the day of creation, you have it on the inside of you. But you have to understand it and know it and then act on it. Faith without works is dead. You can know the truth. And if you don't act on it, it'll do you no good. Your circumstances, the problems, the situations, the attacks of the enemy that's coming against you now, you have victory over over those things but you have to act on the truth. You have to act on the word. This can't just be a, little, a nice little teaching that you hear. You got to take this and, and run with it. You got to grab hold to the truth and then use the truth to hammer the devil's head. It's time that we develop an intolerable appetite for sin and satan and all of his works and sickness too much of the time we see people come to the to the altar sick and they leave sick it's time that the church be, be the church it's time that when people come that they come to receive What we have. It's time that the hospital, the people who go into the hospital start coming to the church to receive healing. It's time that they come to the Ark Fellowship because the Ark Fellowship walks in the power of God. Because the Ark Fellowship has a word from God. It's time that we take authority and do what our Father created us to do and be what he created us to be. This has to become our reality. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. This has to become our reality in the workplace. Wherever we may see the curse in operation, we have to be bold like lions and take authority, even as our master did when he walked the earth. Some, some people think it's just, well, it's just for the, for the preacher or it's just for the, you know, the evangelist. No, it's for the body of Christ. All these things are for the body of Christ. The weakest one of us has more power than the devil. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I know y'all know these things, but we need to just be reminded of these things sometime. Genesis 1 verse 26. The Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Somebody say all the earth. How many of y'all know God meant what he said and said what he meant? He said all the earth. Now, again, religion... We'll just forget all about that. They'll say, well, yeah, that was, that was in the beginning before man fell. Well, man did fall. But how many of y'all know the second Adam came and restored all? He restored all. Now, do we really believe that, though? Do we really believe that when Jesus came, he set everything back in order? All we have to do is look at his life and we know it's possible. I said all we have to do is look at his life, and we know it's possible. The same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of each and every one of us. There's nothing that shall be impossible under you. I'm going to keep saying that until you get it. There's nothing... That shall be impossible under you. Somebody has to tell you that. There's nothing that shall be impossible under you. You've got to know what you are, what he's made you to be. He says, let them have dominion. That was the Father's will. Adam lost it, but Jesus gained it back. Dominion is part of your inheritance. Dominion over every circumstance is part of your inheritance. When he said all the earth, he meant exactly what he said. How many of y'all know your physical body comes from the earth? That's where God got your physical body from. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. So what he was saying is, you, your spirit man, has dominion over your body or over sick bodies. You have dominion over over sick bodies. That's why when Jesus, that's when when people came to Jesus for healing, he was able to heal them because he knew the covenant. He knew what was his by the, you know, in the inheritance. He knew, he remembered, and he understood that he believed what the father said concerning dominion. And that's what we have to do. We have to remember what the father said concerning our inheritance. And then we have to act on it. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Verse 24. The Bible says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. So what Jesus did, he took dominion over the waves and the water. Now notice the disciples' response to a man walking in his authority. Well, he says unto them, verse 25, he said unto them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? (laughs) Well, I'm going to answer that question. It's a man who understands who he is. It's a man who understands what God has invested in him. that That the ways obey him. what manner of man is this for he commanded even the winds and the water and they obey him see see that's the type of dominion that's on the inside of each and every one of us if we'll only believe it man that's, that's that's too far out that's too far out brother Roy I can't I I, I can't walk in that that's that's I don't believe that cuz you got a lot of people just refuse to believe that Well, you know what's going to happen? They're going to do it out. Because in this hour, we got to start believing stuff like that. This was about six or seven months ago. I was uh, on a computer, and I was uh, looking up uh, you know, different min- ministers. I like to do that Kenneth Hagen, I think I was looking up Kenneth Hagen, some things on Kenneth Hagen. And as I, where I had the computer sitting, I could look out the window. And in the horizon, I could see a storm coming. I could see, you know, it was getting cloudy and it was starting to be windy outside. And, of course, I was upstairs. And I, I thought to myself, I said, my first thought was, man, you know, I better go get off this computer because I did see some lightning. You know what I mean? I better get off this computer. Then I thought to myself, you know, no, I ain't really got to get off this computer. I can... Uh, in the name of Jesus, I can redirect this thing. I can redirect the storm. And so, you know, all I did, I said, you know, in the name of Jesus, peace be still. Because before then, it was a boom, boom, you know, thunder and lightning. Peace be still. And so I went back to the computer. And, you know, 10, 15 minutes passed by. And guess what? No more thunder and lightning. In fact, the sky broke, and, it, and whatever that storm is, I think it went around. And I'm, you know I'm serious. These are the type of things that happen when we just act on the word. Now, that ain't, it ain't because of me, but it's because of this inheritance that we got. I mean if we just act sometimes if we just act on the word, we'll see results. We'll see results. And that's what—that's all Jesus did. He acted on the covenant. He believed that the covenant was talking to him. He believed that he was blessed with faithful Abraham. He just believed it, and he acted on it. He believed that, that what, when John uh, called him out and said, you know, you're the Lamb of God, he believed that. He believed that, and he acted on it. And see, what we have to do, we have to believe what the word says about us. If the word says we're children of the living God and victory belongs to us, we got to believe that. And we got to act. And one of the ways that we act on it, we got to start talking right. We got to start talking victory first. We have to change our vocabulary. Seriously, we have to change our vocabulary. We got to stop talking about how, how sick we are and how little money we have. You know, even if you are experiencing symptoms in your body, don't go around glorifying the devil talking about that. Talk about how the Bible says by his stripes I'm healed. And even if your bank account is kind of low right now, don't go around telling everybody about your bank account being low. Tell people about how God meets all my needs in abundance according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Start using the vocabulary of faith. And circumstances change. I'm telling you, they change when we start doing it because we're acting on the word. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's a principle. Jesus taught that, that parable, but that's a principle that the body of Christ needs to start using. We know it up here, but do we know it in here? Because if we know it in here, we'll do it. We'll start speaking to the mountains and calling those things that be not as though they were. That's dominion. That's exercising the inheritance right there. To to be able to speak to the mountain by faith. I'm going to close in Romans chapter 4. I said, I know y'all know these things. This is just a reminder of uh, what we need to be doing and how we need to be acting on what we know. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise, somebody say the promise. No, no, say the promise. For the promise that he should be heir of the world. Man, when I first saw that, that blew me away. For the promise that he should be Abraham, talking about Abraham, that he should should be heir of the world. Think about that. That's an awesome, awesome promise that God gave this guy. He said, you're going to be the heir of the world. And he believed it. He believed it. He believed it. Now, that same promise is yours. If you can believe it, that same promise is yours. You are the heirs of the world. The world is your inheritance because it's Christ's inheritance. It's his. And the Bible says, I didn't say this, the Bible says that we are joint heirs with him. Are we not? We're joint heirs. In other words, whatever belongs to him belongs to us. And whatever belongs to us belongs to him. We're joint heirs. So everything that Jesus experiences at the right hand of the Father, we can experience it also. In prayer, in intimacy. I, 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 like, I like getting along with the Father. I, I mean, I seriously do. Because it's at those times where I experience his grace. Because I understand in my natural mind that I'm not worthy. I understand in my natural mind that I am not worthy of this position. But I hear his voice during those times of quietness. Telling me that he loves me anyway. Telling me that I'm here. And that I belong to him. And that the blood of Jesus was shed so that I could experience him in this way. If you don't get nothing else out of this lesson tonight, I want you to exercise your faith as far as just knowing that the Father belongs to you and you belong to him. That in your prayer time, in your closet time with him, That you can experience him just like the master experienced him when he was on the earth. That you can know the father even as he knows you. That you can know him and love him and call him Papa. Abba Father. This is is our inheritance. God is our inheritance. A relationship, a vibrant relationship fervent relationship is ours if we can believe. it, Heavenly Father, this lesson went a whole other direction than I thought it was going to go, but I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that your word uh, will transform us. I pray, Lord, that as we seek you by your spirit as we seek you that you reveal to us more and more what the cross has done for us. and That, Father, we would know and act on those things. And, Father, that we would experience victory after victory after victory. That the bondages and the tests and the trials that we're going through, Father, that we would experience victory in these things whether they be physical whether they be financial whether they be family whatever they may be father that father we would experience what you want us to experience which is total victory through your inheritance in jesus name amen and amen